See if you don't agree with this. I have a theory about road trips. My wife and I went on a road trip the other day. And I mean, it was driving like a couple hundred miles. And we said, hey, we'll just stop at this one restaurant we like. We'll just, when we get hungry, we'll just stop there. So when we decided, okay, we could both go for something to eat. Like a franchise that you yes. can see a lot of them? It could okay. be, pick, pick, pick your favorite restaurant. It could be anything. It could be Starbucks. It could be, <clears throat> it could be McDonald's. It could be Arby's. Whatever, Hardee's, whatever. Carl's Jr. Whatever the restaurant is, you decide that's the place where we both like to get something to eat. That's where we're going to stop. Okay. You will pass endless numbers of that restaurant <laughs> until you decide you're hungry. Yep. And then from that moment on, <laughs> it will be a desert so for that. So true. That happened to Trace, and we're like, okay, we're, we're going to stop now. I'm really, so my we, tummy's growling now. We pass like three exits, and this is an interstate, so it's like every exit's got those little signs yeah. with all the logos. Mm-hmm. We're like, ooh, is there one there? Nope, nope, not one there. Next one, ooh, is there one there? Nope, not one there. Why don't you look them up on your phone? Maybe it'll tell us how far away. Yeah. And we had just passed, must have been 40 of them before that. It was like 32 miles to the next one. Like Murphy's that, Law. I guess you enjoyed it that much more because you were 32 miles more hungry. Yeah, but we got to name it. There's got to be a name like Kev's Law or something. Hmm. You will that when you finally decide to stop yeah. for that restaurant... <laughs> It won't be. They there. will disappear. Even <laughs> even if there was one at the exit coming up the last time you went that way, it'll be gone. Usually that just happens to me with the bathroom. That <laughs> too, right? Coming up, do you know anyone who has given birth to a baby in a really odd location? Wait till you hear what happened to this mom. Do you know anyone who gave birth to their baby in an odd location? My friend's baby wouldn't wait, and a rookie firefighter helped her deliver at home. No kidding. <laughs> well, uh, this this story is no comparison. This woman from Georgia really trumps that story. She gave birth to her baby girl in her car, stuck in Atlanta traffic. <laughs> now, thankfully, her husband was driving. Wow. When I first saw, saw her TikTok, I thought, oh! <gasps> Is she behind the wheel right now? But thankfully, her husband was driving. The baby came anyway, and they were still stuck in traffic. And thankfully, the her quick-thinking husband, actually, he was panicking, uh, flagged down a patrol car, and they got a police escort to the hospital. And her baby girl is very healthy, doing well, and very loved by her two-year-old big brother and her four-year-old big sister. Aww. So it's we got should, a happy ending. We should swap some stories. Do, do you have a odd place where... Where you were born or where your kids came along, somewhere weird, would love, like, ba- babies won't wait. They don't, I was almost they born care. somewhere weird. Yeah, but okay. It was, it was close, but didn't happen. Well, hold on to that, and we'd love to hear from you. So we want to know, what is the odd place where either you were born or you gave birth? Like, this lady was stuck <laughs> in Atlanta traffic, and the baby came. Thank goodness her husband was driving. Right, But how right. about your story? Give us a call. Hey, Joel, we're swapping stories about odd and strange places that the babies were born. Uh, is it you, or your kids? Who who do you have a story about? It was me. I was uh, born in a strange place. Okay, um, let's hear Eventually, it. we did make it to a hospital, apparently. But the story I've been told my whole life was my mom and my dad owned a roofing company. They were busy putting a roof on. My mom was very pregnant. Um, but she was out helping do the roof that day just because it needed to get done. And she goes into labor and versus uh, deciding to go to the hospital immediately, she decided that she could finish the roof. <laughs> and uh, so they they finished the job so that they could make the next month's rent and then we'll go, went to the hospital where I was born. Your mom is a superhero <laughs> rock star. I want to shake her hand. Wow. Yeah, she's, she's a pretty tough lady. That's so, incredible. It was, uh, 
That was always an interesting story growing up, though. I was always told that's why I don't like the heat. <laughs> wow. That wow. is awesome. That is such a great story, Joel. When, when were you born? What's your birthday? Uh, August uh, 4th, 1982. Oh, so she's up on a roof in August, nine months pregnant. Yeah. Oh. Yep. She is a superhero. Yeah, apparently it was not one of the, the super hot days, and they had an ocean breeze, but it was still warm. Yeah. <laughs> so. Mm-mm-mm. Wow! Uh, Thanks for sharing thank that you guys story, for the Joel. show. I love calling in, talking to you guys. I also love listening to the show every day. And- oh, thanks. thanks. We sure appreciate you thank hanging you, out with us. We're talking about people who were born in a unique spot, as in not in the hospital room. <laughs> How about you, Liz? Where were you born? Actually, I was born in the ambulance in my driveway. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Didn't quite make it. <laughs> no, but I'm the youngest of five, so yeah. I guess we didn't have time. <laughs> but my, and my dad was in the house on the phone. We'll call in the doctor. So he missed it. I was sad about hear about that. Aw, <laughs> poor guy. He was only feet away. I wonder if the, the EMTs that showed up, did they know right away? They're like, oh, we're not leaving the driveway. <laughs> this is happening now. <laughs> um, well, they probably did. I didn't ask that question, but they probably pretty much knew. My mom was at the doctor's that morning and told her another two weeks. Oh, wow. (laughs) They were wrong. wrong. Wow. It's so funny because you could play a game when you tell this story at parties. You can be like, yeah, I was born at home. And then have a real dramatic pause (laughs) in an ambulance in the driveway. (laughs) In the driveway, yeah. (laughs) It's all about the flair. uh, Yeah, yes, it is. (laughs) Thanks for calling, Liz. All right. And I just want to tell you guys, I love you so much. And I listen to you all the time. And you're so uplifting. And. I just love you guys. Oh, thank you. Oh, that, you have no idea that means the world to us. That really gives gives us some encouragement. So thank you. Oh, you give me encouragement every day. So have you ever tried to plan a really fabulous vacation? It's a lot of work, a lot of details. Um, you save up all that money, and then you look at the dates, and you try to find the cheapest flight you can possibly find. Mm-hmm. And this guy uh, from New York booked his dream vacation to Sydney, Australia. I mean, he was so excited. It was just going to be like so phenomenal. He couldn't wait to hear the accents. He couldn't wait to hopefully see a kangaroo. A koala bear. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But, you know, he's on the plane and he's like, huh. Wow, this is quite the the flight. Um, Hmm. They landed, and he's like, wait a minute, why are there some snow-capped mountains right there? (laughs) And he realized the reason the flight was so affordable for his trip of the lifetime is he booked a ticket to Sydney, Montana, (laughs) spelled S-I-D. N-E-Y. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's right near the North Dakota border. There's a, it's a population 6,000. And um, apparently the airport codes are really similar. Sydney, Australia is S-Y-D. Sydney, Montana is S-D-Y. Wow. And this guy, is guy. he's got the best attitude. Um, he His name is Kingsley. And he just starts laughing. He's like, well... I guess I'm going to have to try this again. What's there to see while I'm here? <laughs> right. <laughs> it is a very beautiful part of the country, at least 
<laughs> a lot of Montana is. I don't know about, I've never been to Sydney. When but. they made the announcement, please put your trays in an upright position, he was like, wow, everybody <laughs> said this flight would take forever, but it just flew by. We're here already. Slept really yeah, well. Wow, that nap must have really been something. <laughs> I, I so feel for him because I would, I would do that. That's something I would do. As a busy parent, are you always looking for hacks to make life a little bit easier? Mm. Coming up, check out smart diapers. <laughs> As a busy parent, are you always looking for hacks to make your life a little bit easier? Then you're going to love smart diapers. <laughs> These diapers can sense when your child needs to be changed and send a notification to your phone. They're still in the <laughs> development stage by scientists at Penn State. What's wild they're going to tell you levels of dirtiness, like, eh, it's a little wet, to, you better get the hazmat suit out for this one. <laughs> There's actually a lithium battery inside the diapers. Um, no word yet on just how much they're going to cost. Does that mean that uh, parents now um, will tell parents of future generations, back in my day, you'd have to lift the kid up, turn his butt towards your face, and go... Oh, <laughs> probably. Yeah. We didn't have diaper sensors when, when, right. I, when you were little. <laughs> have you ever learned something pretty cool about someone who had already gone to heaven? Hmm. I learned the neatest thing about my dad. He just passed away January 3rd. Yeah. And I had never heard this before. Hmm. I'll tell you about it in just a minute. So have you ever learned something pretty cool about someone who's already gone to heaven? That happened to me. The other day, I was talking to my Uncle Tom. He is my dad's baby brother, mm-hmm. uh, Tom, Tommy. And um, I found out, I didn't know he did this. I had no idea. He acted like I should know this story. And I said, I had no idea. Um, so if you haven't heard, my dad passed away in, in January and he had MS, multiple sclerosis. So by the end, he was kind of like Stephen Hawking mm-hmm. like or a paraplegic. Like He just could not do anything. He laid in bed all day. You could lift him out of bed with this thing called a Hoyer lift, and he could get into a chair if you put his body in a chair, but he couldn't do anything. And so he laid in that bed all day, would listen to sermons, listen to music, watch way too much news. And um, (laughs) a lot of times he would get pretty sleepy. You can imagine how boring to lay in bed all day. Hmm. And so when his baby brother, Tom, would arrive, I guess he's pretty pretty boisterous kind of guy. Mm -hmm. He would walk in and go... David, hey, what's new today? And my dad would be like startled, like, whoa. And he'd kind of like come to wake. And, and then he's, he always had this glisten, this sparkle in his eye. My dad always did. And finally, when he would wake up enough, he would look at my uh, Uncle Tom and say, he asked, what's new today? Mm-hmm. The steadfast love of our Lord and Savior is new every day. <laughs> And I was like, go, Dad. I started bawling. My Uh uncle started bawling. It was the sweetest thing. And even though my dad's body was just completely falling apart from Mm -hmm. MS, he never forgot what was new, what was exciting in life. And that's the steadfast love of our Lord and Savior. Mm. Isn't that awesome? Your dad is something. He's amazing. (laughs) I miss him so much. He's not the kind of guy you want to ask one of those open-ended small talk questions because you would not get a small talk answer. And when you're laying in bed all day, <laughs> right? there isn't anything else that's new right. other than God's love. Right. Yeah. Oh, what a great story about your dad. I, I couldn't love that story more. 
I love that story you shared about your dad. And that that is something like, you know, I went through that with my mom. She passed away a couple of years ago. And you do find out more about them from loved ones. They'll tell you stories that you didn't know of. And um, one of the best gifts I ever received, my cousin Carol uh, sent me just out of the blue. I got this package from her. She lives in New Hampshire. And it was um, my mom's rosary that she had had for decades, every day. Her fingers went around the beads on that rosary, praying every day, and now I now I have it, and and I have it. It was in a, a decorative box of a um, on the box. There's a, a image of the Virgin Mary that my mom got on one of her trips to Poland. So it's like a wooden box, like a handmade box from Poland. My mom, if you've ever listened to this show, you know she thought there were two kinds of people in this world: Polish people and those who wish they were Polish. So it was very it was precious to her. And that's one of the last things that she had in the rehab center where she went to live. They, mm. That box stayed on her nightstand with the rosary. So when she sent that to me, it's it really, it special. really yeah. meant a lot. That's so awesome. every yeah, sometimes I'll get it out and I'll just feel it with my fingers and I'll be like, this this is what my mom felt that every day. The, you know, she felt these beads and it has so much meaning and value to me. In real world terms, probably couldn't get fifty cents for it on eBay, but to me. Priceless. Bezos doesn't have enough money to buy that thing for me. Hey, do you feel like sometimes you're white knuckling it through life? Kev, you want to guess why 63% of adults feel like they're burned out? Uh, Because their schedules are overwhelming them. Mm, That's a good guess. They're burned out from adulting, being an adult. (laughs) (laughs) This was a survey of Gen Z and millennials. The oldest Gen Zs, by the way, are now 26 years old. And more than half are over the age of 18. And the oldest millennials are now in their 40s. Uh, they feel like they have a lot of adult things to learn, like how to tie a tie, change a diaper, change a tire, and write a check. Many don't know how to use a grill, sew up a hole, or iron clothes. And um, I'm just here to tell you, I don't know how to do a lot of those things, and I'm doing okay. <laughs> People have told me how to change a tire, but do I remember? And if I'm stuck on the side of the road, would I be able to do, do it? A, but is that what's, uh, that's what's causing people? That's what's causing people stress. Adulting because they, they just the the idea of adulting. Yeah, just huh. all the you know paying the bills and just suddenly being responsible for themselves. It's, it's we should talk about out, this because I, I think it's more than just being an adult that's causing people stress. It's more to it than just that. We'll talk about it in a minute. So you're saying that adulting is what's causing. Uh, people so much stress. I'm they're six, burned out. They're burned out from adulting. Sixty-three percent. Yeah. I don't think it's just. It's, I don't think it's just adulting. I think there's more to it than that. In that, yes, it's adulting, but the landscape of what adulting means has changed a ton. Let's talk about that next. So I'm not surprised they're saying like over sixty percent of people. Uh, are stressed out because of hashtag adulting. Mm-hmm. That the stuff of life is really... They're burned out. Yeah, you know, make them burned out, stressed out, whatever. Um, and a lot of times I've heard folks say like, oh my gosh, how can people be stressed out nowadays? We've got it so easy. And think of like the greatest generation. They did adulting and World War II. You know, if they did it, why can't we do it now? But the, the landscape has completely changed with what it means just to get to the point where you're an adult. Like there's more pressure nowadays on kids starting in starting at middle school to get great grades. Why? So you can get into a great college. You know, start gotta start working on that transcript now. So you can get a great college. And if you don't get into a great college, you know, life is pretty much over. You're you're not gonna be able to do anything. So you've got all that pressure starting when they're just tweens. It goes all the way through high school. Then you go through college and you you get this great degree and you graduate and you get 
you've got two things like a hundred grand in debt and a thirty thousand dollar a year job and you go uh oh mm. <laughs> i could put every penny i'm making after taxes towards paying down that debt and it's not going to be gone with every penny going to it for about 10 years i mean that's a completely different landscape than most of us had right yeah uh, and it's it's cool to see some people like my nephew choosing a trade like he was a, an apprentice and he's become he's an electrician now right and yeah, he doesn't yeah. have any college debt and he's making a great salary and um there's so much honor in just working hard like that but what i'm saying is for a lot of people they are those first steps into adulthood are way more stressful than they were for generations prior and a lot of it is to do with having so much debt just to get that piece of paper. Why? So I can get a great job. Then I can spend the next 10 years paying off all this debt before I even start, you know, getting my, digging myself out of that hole and start that. And then the pressure of, well, you got to start saving for retirement, (laughs) right? So it's like never ending. It's really hard. Not to bring up a sore subject, but (laughs) when someone hurts the feelings of someone you love, Uh uh-huh. Does it just like, I, I, you just get in the depths of despair, don't you? Because there's nothing you can do. Mm. You can't fix it. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. I don't know about you, but um, it is so hard when a child in your life is hurt and you wish you could fix it, whether it's the fall off the bike and scrape the knee or um, way serious as they get older, it's their heart. And I've got 11 nieces and nephews. So I can keep this totally anonymous and protect their privacy. But out of the 11, there are three of them that are having their hearts broken, whether it's um, from just a friend, a friend that's just like cut them out or ghosted Ghosted them them. Hmm. or a romantic relationship. And I don't know, you guys, I don't know how you parents do it. Sadly, I'm not a mom. Um, but I'm so grateful to have 11 nieces and nephews. And when I found, find out they're hurting, it guts me. Mm. I found out about a new one last night and it was so sweet because the niece or nephew, um, chose to tell me, um, you know, like not, I didn't hear it from their mom like I normally do. Mm -hmm. And I tried to hold it together. Like a parent would hold it, hold it together for a kid. Oh no. I started bawling Mm. and I was like, I'm so sorry. I wish I could fix it. And I wish I could make it better. And I just, ah, I was a wreck last night. That's why my eyes are all puffy today. Mm. Um, So I don't know how you parents do it because I'm just the aunt. That's all I am. And I am gutted when they are hurting and there's nothing I can do to fix it. I'm glad you brought this up because I think from having four kids and and my youngest is 21 now. So we've been down this road (laughs) times four kids, times Mm -hmm. multiple heartbreaks. And there are some things you pick up along the way of how what to do and what not to do when your kid has a broken heart. Especially so, need help with the friendship ghosting thing um, too. Share some of some some ideas, some things I've picked up from mistakes made along the way. We'll talk about that next. So I don't know about you but when uh, kids in your life are hurting, I've got 11 nieces and nephews and three of them have brokenness going on right now, like not necessarily from romantic relationships, but it can be friendships, there's a mm-hmm. mix. And uh, man, I I just kind of fumble as an aunt because I let them know I'm praying for them. 
that I'm praying for restoration, if that's what God wants, for someone, a new friend, if that's what God wants. But it's so hard for me to find the right words Mm -hmm. um, and guide them to seeking Jesus in the midst of their pain. But I do do the best I can, but I feel like I fumble around. I I have been down this road before because we have four kids and there have been our fair share of broken hearts in our house, right? And there are some things you learn, and this isn't necessarily to... I don't have any wisdom that here's the magic bullet to help your kids get over it quick uh, because there is no getting over. And that leads me to the first thing you can tell your kids. Oh, I had my heart broken, too, when I was young, which, by the way, sounds to them like white noise. (laughs) They don't care. (laughs) But you can share with them that uh, just don't go into a lot of deep. Don't make it about you and don't tell them like, you know, like, oh, I had my heart broken and don't worry, you'll get over it. That is not what someone in that situation wants to hear. You can say like, oh, when I was your age. I had my heart broken too. I I know what you're going through. Leave it at that. Don't fast forward to the, but you're going to get over it quick because that's what you want to have happen. That's not going to help them feel any better. But letting them know you, you, you can relate, I think helps them a lot, whether they reciprocate that or not. And then some things with, um, just with the whole dating and stuff we, we found with when your kids are younger and it's not, you know, that they're like 16, this is probably not going to be the one resist the urge to get socially involved with that with the dating person's parents because you start making ties with them and then when your kids when they break up it's weird that you continue the relationship with the family Mm. and the kid has moved on and then the last thing um do not when they've been in a relationship with someone that maybe and they're going to date people you like and people you don't like if they have dated someone that you didn't really care for and they break up with them resist the urge to unload everything that you didn't like about them anyway mm-hmm. because they might get back together they're coming back yeah. <laughs> i finally when, i've i i'm sorry go ahead when they do come back it's gonna be super super awkward yeah. and that child will bring it up again Ooh. that well you never liked him or her Yikes. anyway right and i that's, remember when you gave me that advice yeah, years ago that's so smart that's a lesson you you really learn you will need to learn that once Right. And then then you need don't need to learn it again. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news. Someone found a sweet dog wandering with her leash still on and a heartbreaking note on her collar um, and dropped her off at the animal shelter in Tennessee with a note that said, please love me. My mom can't keep me and is oh. homeless with two kids. She tried her best, but can't get help. Oh, I so cost sad. too much for her. And it wasn't a heartbreaking. She really loves me, and I'm great. I'm a great dog. Mm-hmm. Also, it also said, please do not change my name. It's Lilo. Oh. Well, people at the shelter could tell the woman really loved Lilo. So mm-hmm. they tracked her down and reunited with her dog. And oh. they're paying her all the food and pet supplies she needs. They've also been trying to find her family a pet-friendly homeless shelter until they're back on their feet. Oh, so it's a happy ending. Isn't that awesome? Yes. Oh, that is that was so sad. Imagine having to give away your dog. <laughs> you took me on an emotional roller coaster ride there, I'll have you know. My husband had to give away one of his, his dogs once because he wanted to do what was best for the dog. Oh. They were, had lived on this huge, ginormous ranch and were moving to this, the big city. Yeah. And 
he knew his dog Jenny the Airedale would not be happy without a place to run and do we, run and Do run. we know what happened to Jenny? Yeah, Jenny got a beautiful family he found for oh, her. Okay. But it was so And she painful. lived happily ever after. Yes, but right. it was Very so good. painful for him to do what was best for the dog. Do you have any cool um, people you share your birthday with? Like, for example, my sister was born on the 4th of July and so was her grandfather. Hmm. So they had the same birthday. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. So do you share a birthday with anybody? It's kind of cool when that happens, right? My um, my sister was born on the 4th of July, and so was our grandpa. Do you share the birthday with someone too, Kev? Uh, yeah, Harry Connick Jr. Oh, get out. That's so cool. Well, um, this is uh, one of those really wild stories. There's this lady named Abby. Um, she lives in Arkansas, and she just gave birth to her first child, a baby boy, and she was born... He was born in the same hospital, in the same room with the same doctor as she was 24 years ago. Wow. So they have the chances? exact same birthday. Isn't that so cool? Crazy. She said all the nurses and doctors and everyone were, they were so special. They just come, kept coming in and going, happy birthday, you two. Because they, you know, he, the baby boy had just been born and Abby was turning 24. And I just thought that was such a fun story. Like you said, what are the chances? Right, right. I saw a dad the other day. He should get dad of the year. He's in the grocery store with his his daughter. His daughter is head to toe frozen. Like the movie Frozen, like dressed like a frozen character. She's got the I don't know what it was, I guess the iPad or whatever. And she's got frozen playing on the thing. <laughs> and I thought, oh my gosh, how many times has this poor man had to watch and listen to <laughs> Frozen? So that's what I'd like to talk about, Mom and Dad. What are your kids currently obsessed with or what were they obsessed with when they were kids that just about drove you over the edge? What was it? Maybe it was frozen. We'd love to hear from you. Hi, Faith. It's Kevin and Taylor, and we're talking about stuff that our kids can just get obsessed with to the level it drives us nuts. What was it for you? Um, my son and Ninja Kids. On Ninja YouTube. Kids? <laughs> Ninja Kids. Oh, it's- man. It's a group of kids, they're siblings, and, you know, they're always showing off new ninja tricks and gymnastic skills, and they sing and they dance, and he's trying to be just like that, and it's very concerning. <laughs> now, does that ever get him in trouble? Because, like, disturbing. I remember my son was into, this shows how long ago it was, Power Rangers, and they, oh, had yeah. to, they had to make a rule at school. Like, you cannot play Power Rangers at school because they were just, they were basically beating each other up at recess every day. Well, so he's not doing it at school, but he does get in the living room and try to do some kind of back flip kick thing. <laughs> and I mean, I have a house full of six kids and he's the only boy, so I kind of have to let him have this, you know? Oh. <laughs> I can't take the one boy thing he's got. That's great. I love it. Yep. Sounds yep. like you were a busy mom, too. Six kids. Wow. Yes, and you guys help me through each and every day. Oh, thank thanks, you. Faith. We sure appreciate you hanging out with us. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Hey, Carolyn. It's Kevin and Taylor. Was there something one of your kids was obsessed with that just started to drive you crazy after a while? My son, when he was a toddler, he was obsessed with Dr. Susan's The Foot Book. <laughs> and here's the warning for parents. I still have that memorized. in the morning and feet at night. It never goes away. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Beware. Hey, at least there's some decent songs in Frozen, you know, so if you have them for the next 30 years, it's okay.